Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. But Jacob, he didn't say that. He said, Lee, I have. He didn't say Rav. He said, Lee, Cole. Lee, Cole. Now, Cole is a different word from Rav. And what it means, Cole means all. You know, if you say, you know, kol Yisrael, all of Israel, it means all, everything, in other words. And that's translated as I have enough. So when you look at verse 9, and you see that Esau is saying, I have a large quantity, and then you see in verse 11, Jacob says, I have everything. (laughs) It's like, ooh. And this is where it gets interesting. Because then we ask the question, what did Esau mean in verse 9 when he said, I have a large quantity? And especially, more interesting is, what did Jacob mean in verse 11 when he said, I have all? Because the answer to these questions about the difference between what they each said, we probe this thing through, we drill this thing down, we're going to discover the answer to man's greatest questions, which are, what is real life anyway? What is true satisfaction in life? Where do I find peace? What do I need to get peace in life? Those are the most important questions. So when Esau did not say, I have all, but instead he said, I have a large quantity, he's actually saying he doesn't have enough. Because he's really saying, I have a large quantity, but it's, you know, when, when, how, how much for an ambitious person is enough? Not yet, is the answer. Always want more. And in this sense, Esau represents the man of the world who is ever trying to get more and more and more. You know, I say I'm worth $10 billion, just I'm not going to give you my tax returns. So, <laughs> so what Esau said doesn't really surprise us, but what's what Jacob said that astounds us when he said, I have all. It really surprises us. I mean, Esau, he looks at himself. You see, he's got all this wealth. He's got 400 men. There's 400 men. You know, he looks at Jacob. And what he's got, he's got, you know, he's got a family of boys, all less than 13 years old. And he's giving up most of his animals. And so this is Jacob. He says, I, he says, I have all. I have everything. <laughs> and he must have wondered, you know, what happened to my brother? Why do you say that? You have all. So when Esau thought about what Jacob meant by saying that he had all, Esau could have thought, He's got to be talking about God. All Jacob talks about now is God. So he must mean that with God he has all. And that's exactly what Jacob did mean. He says, I have all. You know, it's like Paul, he says in 1 Timothy 6, 8, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. How can a person be content with just food and clothing? Be content with no car? You know, be content with no house? 
be content with no retirement, enough to support me till I die? How can a person be content with just food and clothing? Well, two verses earlier to that, in 1 Timothy 6, 6, Paul said, with godliness, godliness with contentment, that's great gain. See, Jacob had God, therefore Jacob had all. And what is that that Jacob had in God that made him say that he had all? What is that makes us say that because we have God, we have everything? And the Apostle Paul said it exactly the same words as Jacob. You know, Jacob said, I have all. And that's what Paul said in Philippians 4.18, when Paul said, but I have all, and abound, and I'm full. And how could Paul, who had nothing, relatively speaking, was being persecuted, being beaten, sometimes left for dead, how could he say that he had everything, was full? And he said in Philippians 4.11, a few verses earlier, but not that I speak in respect of want, but I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. See, Paul, he learned that with God, he had everything. And the other things that people think are so important to be complete, to be fulfilled in life, they're not really important. See, and so we step back and we say, how is it that we know that we have all as Christians? You know what it is? It's the I am verses in John, in the book of John. It's the I am verses that gives us the basis for saying that with God we have all. You know, normally when a person says, you know, emphasizes something themselves, when normally when a person says, I am, you're gonna expect, like, okay, here we're gonna hear all about himself, you know? He's gonna impress others with himself, you know? He's gonna, all, I am, he's gonna benefit him. I am the great king. He's gonna benefit himself, see? That's what's normally. Normally when a person says, I am, it's to benefit himself by bragging. But that's not the case with the Lord Jesus. Have you ever thought about how each one of the Lord's famous I am verses in the book of John all benefit us? They all benefit you and me? See, you take the first one. In John 6, 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. That's the first one. There's seven of them. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth me shall never thirst. See, so when he says, I am the bread of life, that was to benefit us so that we never in life will have soul hunger. And then the second one in John 8, 12, John 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So when he said, I am the light of the world, that was to benefit us, to never have to walk in spiritual darkness. And then the third one, he said, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. See, when he said, I am the good shepherd, that was to benefit us, to never be without a sacrifice, to pay for our sins, to purchase our redemption. And then the next one, in John eleven twenty five, one we celebrate today, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. See, when he said those words, I am the resurrection and the life, that was to benefit us to never be in a state of eternal death. I'm the resurrection. Happy Easter. <laughs> then he said the next ones in John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The subject is coming unto the Father. And when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that was to benefit us, to never be without a way to the Father, to never not know the truth about the Father, 
to never be without the eternal life from the Father. And then in the next one, in John 15, 5, when he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. See, when he said, I am the vine, that's for us. That was to benefit us, to never be without strength and guidance and fruit bearing in life. But John 10, 9, John 10, 9, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. See, when he says, I am the door, that was to benefit us. And we could really say, to be able to say with Jacob, I have all. I have everything. Now turn to it, if you would, please, in John chapter 10, John 10, 9. But have a look at John 10, 1 through 11 for the context. Okay, John 10, 1. John 10, 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were that he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you. See, now keep in mind here that he's got to give an clearer explanation because they didn't get it. So now he's going to say to him more clearly in verse 7, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that came after me before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door, in verse 9. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come, they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. Good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. His promise that we say that Jacob could, is the reason why a person like Jacob could say, I have all, in John 10, 9, I am the, John 10, 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find pasture. His promise there is two words. Two words that give us the basis for saying, I have all that gives him the basis for saying, I have all. The first word is the word saved. Actually, that word saved is just as easily thought of with the word safe. Safe, because it's really the thought is protection. The thought is security. The second word is this word pasture. And the pasture really is really the way, abundant pasture, abundant pasture. It's the idea of satisfaction. So when we think of the illustration, now we gotta think of the illustration to get this. The Lord here, it's very important to understand what he's talking about here. Because, you know, we don't have sheepfolds on Mission Gorge Road, so, you know, we gotta know. So it's interesting about the sheepfold. Because the sheepfold, the fact of the matter is, there was no door in the sheepfold. It was just these thick walls that you didn't penetrate, but there's no door. It was just an opening for the sheep to go in and out of. So it was the shepherd himself who placed himself in that opening. He stood in that, or he stood in that opening, he sat in that opening, he slept in that opening to protect the sheep. And we see that, of course they knew that, there was an illustration it's really the idea, this is where the whole term comes over my dead body, you know? <laughs> so if you went to the shepherd and he's standing in the opening and you said, oh, Mr. Shepherd, where's the door? 
You know, where's the door? The shepherd, he'd turn you. He'd turn you his big muscular body. He'd look at you. He's got a club dangling by his side, and he hits his chest, and he says, I'm the door, is what he would say. And the shepherd would say, I'm the door. It's very personal, very personal for him. He'd be saying, I personally protect these sheep. I don't give this job to anyone else. So what the shepherd would be saying when he'd say, I'm the door, if any sheep enters into this sheepfold, he's safe because I'm the door. I stand in the doorway. All the sheep go in and out with me in the daytime, and they go out with me in the daytime, they come back in at night, and they're going to be safe because I'm the door. If it rains or it hails or it snows, no problem. I'll build a little shelter or a little roof over this, uh, this opening, but I won't leave. I won't stop being the door because I'm the door. And the sheep need me to protect them by me being the door. I am the door. So those sheep were safe and secure because the shepherd was the door. And as a matter of fact, the only reason the sheep were safe was because the shepherd was the door. And so the saying, I am the door, brought a very specific image to their minds of the shepherd when the Lord said that he was the door. Jacob's occupation was a shepherd. So he, under, he would have understood if he was there at that time, he would have understood exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying about the safety of him being the shepherd door for the sheep. See, King David, when he was growing up, he was a shepherd. And he would have understood exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying about safety when he said that he was the shepherd door of the sheep. As a matter of fact, it was David, he wrote the song that people cling to when they're in trouble, the 23rd Psalm. It starts off by saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What every person needs in life is safety and security. To be able to say with, you can't say with Jacob, I have all, if you don't have safety and security. You know, it's saying, I have have the same safety and security of sheep that they have with their shepherd as their door, keeping them safe and secure. Then we can say with Jacob, I have all. I have all, I have protection. I have the same protection of the sheep as the sheep that have the shepherd as their door, protecting them. The shepherd is a fighter. He's a fighter. He fought with with lions and bears in his shepherd work. David talked about it. David said to King Saul, when he went up to him, he he, he said in, in, in 1 Samuel 17, 34, 1 Samuel 17, 34, David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Shepherd's a fighter. He's a fighter. He fights to protect his sheep. When the Lord said, I'm the shepherd, he was saying he was a shepherd fighter who fights to protect his sheep from the lion of souls. That's the devil. In order for Jacob to say, I have all, he had to have the shepherd who fights for his soul to protect him. This is in contrast to Esau, who had Rav. He had a large quantity in life, but he didn't have coal. He didn't have all. All in life, he didn't have that because Esau didn't have the Lord as his shepherd door, protecting him, making him safe and secure. I wouldn't trade places with anyone in life, no matter how much Rav large quantity they had if he didn't have the Lord as a shepherd door. See, and a shepherd fighter who fights to protect his sheep, he's got scars on his body. 
to show his titanic fights with lions and bears. And just like David stood there with King Saul and his victory over his lions and his bears, and he could probably show King Saul, he said, look at the marks on my body here. Remember, these are the marks from my titanic fights that I just told you about with the lion and bear. So the Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd, our good fighter shepherd, who fights for us to protect his sheep, he stood after the resurrection and victory. He showed the marks in his body. He showed the marks in his hands and his feet and his side and his brow of his titanic fight. On the cross, as he said in Luke 24, 40, Luke 24, 40, he showed them his hands and his feet. When he showed them his hands and his feet, he showed them nail scars in his hands and his feet that he received in his titanic fight with the lion of souls, the devil on the cross. So he stood at the time, he stood at that time after the resurrection as the good shepherd who fights to protect his sheep. He stands today right here. In Mission Valley Community Chapel, he's a good shepherd. He stands here to protect his sheep. And he says to anyone, John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be safe. And he shall go in and out and find abundant pasture. See, the news today, the news today, I mean, you look at the, I stopped reading it. It's just very depressing. The news today, it leads people into fear. I mean, the Paris and the Brussels suicide bombs, you know, I mean, people in Brussels, a suicide bomb, they're reading on their smartphones in the subway, and the bomb goes off and kills twice as many people there as in the airport. The Tel Aviv stabbings, you know, this famous person dying all unexpected. They all lead people today into fear. And there's only one answer for fear today, and it's to have the Lord Jesus Christ as the door protecting the sheep. What is he a door into? He's a door into protection. He's a door into protection. He's a door into a life of security. When he says, I am the door by me, if any man enter in, he shall be safe. Why safe? Well, we need to keep the imagery in mind here, again, of the shepherd, you know, the door there, the sheepfold, because outside the sheepfold, there was danger. There was death. There was doom for those sheep. Why danger? Why death? Why doom? Because outside For the sheep, there were severe elements. There was scorching sun that could kill the sheep. There was great hailstones, dry grass that could catch on fire. Sometimes these fires now in Israel, they're terrible. And someone might start the fire. In fact, anyway. But inside was shelter and protection. See, outside, there was this danger. Outside, there was a danger. Outside of the, the danger, spiritually speaking, for us, outside the danger, there's danger for man inside the Lord Jesus Christ's safety and protection. You know, outside were savage enemies like the lions and the bears. And outside are savage enemies for man who are dedicated to the destruction of souls and the defilement of bodies. You know, that's why it's so important for believers, don't leave the sheepfold, and but stay under the leadership of the Lord Jesus Christ, the shepherd. It's important to not be like the sheep described in Isaiah 53, 6. Going astray, all we like sheep have gone astray. Why? Because there's danger outside. Because 1 Peter 5, 8, 1 Peter 5, 8 speaks about the danger. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's an enemy outside. And he's out to destroy by damning the soul and defiling the body. And young Christians, they leave home and they say, at last, I can get out from the stifling control of my parents you know, and this church. It's got all these rules. 
you know. And now I, I feel strong. I feel self-confident. I can make a go of it, you know, in the world. And off they go to college. Or, and before you know it, they become morally defiled. Their bodies have become defiled. It says in, in Jude 1.8, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignities. And when they become defiled, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. God looked at Israel and said, in Hosea 6.10, Hosea 6.10, God said, I have seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is the whoredom of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. So what did that Christian not realize? He didn't realize, went off away, that outside the sheepfold are savage enemies. Just for the sheep, there's poisonous berries, there's poisonous plants, there's attractive little places that hide cliffs, drop offs. The shepherd knows. The shepherd keeps them away from those dangers. But there are subtle allurements, there, there's temptations in the world. And the Lord Jesus Christ, He knows, and He keeps us as the sheep away from it. But any person who's not under the protective care of the shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ as his door. He's taken captive by the devil against his will. As it says in 1 John 5, 19, 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are, uh, we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. 2 Timothy two twenty six that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are, are taken captive by him at his will. The devil is powerful. The devil takes people at his will. See, when the Lord Jesus Christ said this, I am the door, he was speaking about I'm the door of safety and protection. But when he said, I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find abundant pasture, that part about finding abundant pasture is also how Jacob could say, I have coal, I have all. See, that's satisfaction. That's to be satisfied in life. He said, I have all. He's saying, I'm satisfied. That's the second great need of everyone in the world and life. It's to be satisfied. When Jacob says, I have coal, Jacob was saying that he had found the one who said, I am the door that leads to abundant pasture or satisfaction. Jacob says, I have coal. Jacob meant, I have the door to safety and the door to satisfaction. Because that's what the Lord Jesus Christ meant by the door. There's only one way that anyone in life can ever say a statement of, I have all. And that's by having these two needs of life met of ultimate safety and ultimate satisfaction. And that's when he, that he can say, I have this door, the, the, John 10, 9. I have, in my life, made myself one of the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my shepherd, he's my door, And now I can say, I have coal. So again, what are the two promises that the Lord made in John 10, 9? A promise for what? Good. And a promise of? Okay, great. All right, good. So when a person has safety and satisfaction, he's got real life. When a person has safety and satisfaction, he's got true peace. When a person has safety and satisfaction, he has coal. He has all. And there's something more in this verse. And because in this verse in John 10, he talks about going in and out. You know, going in and out expresses a purpose in life. A 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E. Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Starting September 25th, join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. On opening day, September 25th, we'll have Phil's Barbecue with special guest musician Jim Earp. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship. <laughs> 